All right, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. Jeff here, Brad. How are you, man? Dude, I am doing well. Uh, surviving another day out here in the uh, concrete jungle that is Oregon, Ohio, and uh, another week down in football. Another week of craziness. Just love watching all the games, winning money on the NFL. I love everything about what's going on right now. Yeah, dude, we are we are four weeks deep. We're heading into week five, which is bizarre as it as it comes um obviously big f- football week for me this past weekend tom brady returned to new england uh fun game didn't go the way i wanted it to um i'm done hating tom brady for the week i can go back to uh appreciating him and loving him for what he is uh, before we get too far i just wanted to speak a little bit on that man i'll tell you what i i had this mindset that real quick go ahead I- i'll tell you um my first question for you was a uh, oh. Pats and Brady thought. So uh, just keep kicking it off. That'll that'll. What's that'll the actual do question? Do you have a formal question for me? It literally says Pats v Brady thoughts. And my little okay. note to ask question: just okay. elaborate on what you went through in the game. Okay. Um, man. So obviously, the whole week I was jokingly trolling. You know, Tom Brady deflates footballs, just trying to be silly because everybody it's calls so me obvious. a Bucks fan. Thank so you. Obvious. Apparently, it wasn't so obvious. No, it, it was shit coming at me like you hate Brady. Your, like, your obvious what? troll was easy to troll back. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, a mess. Internet mess. Yeah, like come on. But you know, all the the fact that it's on Sunday night is just such a gosh. I love Sunday night football because it feels bigger than any other time slot. Um, but uh, just the the lead up to the game and everybody's still talking about it. And I'm watching periodic football, but I was also keeping myself busy, ran to the store for a little bit, made some chicken wings. But anyways, you know, as it as it got to game time, I. Uh, I felt better and better that New England was going to give everything they had to win the game. And I know that uh, you have an opinion as far as rain and domes and everything else. And maybe you want to share that in a little bit. But uh, I thought the rain was the ultimate X factor for New England to keep it close, which they did. And uh, I guess my only real takeaway from the game, from the game itself, and I've had some people ask me, would you kick it? Absolutely, I would kick it. I would kick it again right now, Um, especially when he was, what, four or five inches away from making it. So game of inches, that's what the NFL is. Uh, Nick Folk had made like 30-some straight, but he hadn't made a 50-some yarder since like 2014 or something like that. So I guess the antics on it are are a little off, but I thought uh, the call was right. Up the call was right to try and get a lead and force Brady to throw in the rain. Okay. As far as the actual the game itself and my feelings and my thoughts, um, I thought that I would come out of the game 100% moved on, but truthfully, it's almost worse now. Um, seeing my dude on the other side of the field slinging it around, even though I thought Mac Jones played great and I even said he outplayed Brady because I feel like he did. Um, if Tom Brady's on the other side of the field, we win that game. You know what I mean? It's just like that mentality. Um, you know, my wife said, you know, to me the next, the next morning, she's like, so what, how would it go? I was like, Brady drove him down, took the lead and we weren't able to answer. You know, she's like, Oh, you're pretty used to that though. <laughs> I mean, not the other side, but, um, you know, truthfully, it was just, uh, it was one of those things where as I seen him, you know, talking to all the old teammates and gave a quick hug to bill, Obviously, we know, as a lot of people, reporters have said, they had a 20-some-odd minute conversation in the locker room, but just makes me want him back even more. He should have never left. I wish we could have rekindled whatever happened, but I'm happy for him. I'm moving on. Mac Jones is my dude. 
He played great. Super proud of him. So proud of the team. Um, the one thing I'll say about New England, and then I'll stop. I predicted them to win 12 games this year, and the major reason why. Back when Cam was a starter, I predicted this, and I, I even said this in the in the breakup pod with Cam Newton that I still felt 12 wins because of how good the offensive line was and the running game was. <sighs> offensive lines beat up right now, and the running game seems non-existent. Gosh, I, how how wrong was I? And is what it is. We're gonna have to fight for every win. It's it's insane to me that New England is 0-3 at home. It seems fake, but those are my thoughts. Yeah, no, I mean, from a neutral perspective, I didn't have all the emotions entangled to it. And um, like I try and tell other people, like, you know, with the conversation of Soldier Field moving to a possible dome, and it's like sometimes you get sentimental, especially when you talk to a lot of people in our area of the world where weather is a huge factor in games, Friday night football games in the snow and different stuff like that. But when you watch the world's best, best athletes, you'd like it to be, you know, the best weather for the best athletes. I just feel like a lot of the, the, I just felt like that monsoon really took away from the game for a neutral perspective. Like the first half seemed kind of boring. You know, there was what three or four fumbles in the game. You know, a lot of that's due to how wet it is. And I get some of that's fun. And, you know, being a Steelers fan, I do enjoy some of the snow games and some of those, you know, defensive battles and the, the wind and the rain. But at the same time, I just think that I just think that retractable domes are the way to go. If the weather's nice, open it up. If it's not, close it up. But I think that's where the NFL should be in the future. I think that's where it's heading. But that was my thoughts on that that you briefly brought up. But, yeah, I thought the Patriots, you know, consistently did better. But in spurts, the Buccaneers showed greatness. And that's just what they can do. Um, their secondary sure is beat to heck, and the Patriots definitely took advantage of that. And, I mean, I thought it was a great Sunday night game. I watched it all the way until until the kick. And, um, you know, every decision is always going to be talked about back and forth. Should they kick it? Should they not? You could say he hasn't made it since 2014. Why would you do that? You could say, hey, he's due. You know, you can look at it from either perspective, glass half full. So, I'm not going to sit here and look at a missed field goal is the only thing that happened that game, but it's just kind of, you know, iconic. You know, Tom Brady comes down and takes the lead, balls in your court, can you do it? And it fell about eight inches short, but Patriots and Steelers, man, two and two and six. <laughs> it's, it's just so we're, wild. We're it's killing so it. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know what? Speaking of one and three teams, Here's my first question to you. Okay. Who's the best one in three team? And I have a list for you. You ready? Okay, cool. Here we go. And I'm going to start off with some bad ones and slowly get better here. Jets, Giants, Falcons, Texans, Eagles, Colts, Dolphins, Steelers, Vikings, Patriots. All one in three. A lot of teams there. Falcons, yeah, um, Texans, Giants, and Jets are probably ruled out. There's, well, no, see, there's actually there's actually three here, and I'm gonna put them in order. I think the third best, which is gonna shock some people, I think it's the New York Giants. They should have two to three wins. They've played better and better each game, and Daniel Jones is playing better than he has in any year of his career. I think they're showing improvements. They've been a little unlucky. Saquon's slowly coming back. They have a lot of weapons and a strong defense. I'll put them at number three. 
Number two. Man alive. Number two, I was going to say maybe the Eagles. But I'm I not was, sure. I, depending on who your number one is, I agree. Yeah, number I had, one, I, I think, is, those two. I think without a doubt, number one's the Vikings. I agree. I think the, we, the Vikings agree. are hands down the best one and three team. Um, they've lost to some good teams, too. Um, some close games. Bengals are better than we give them credit for, and they are three and one, and they lost a nail biter to them. They were able to beat the Seahawks. Wait, the Bengals are three and one? Mm hmm. The Bengals, Ravens, and Browns are all three and one. The Bengals are three and one. Who did they beat? The Vikings? They beat the. The, the Jags Steelers and who else? Steelers and the Jags. Oh my gosh! How are the Bengals three and one? Yeah, Bengals. That, how, that's flowing under my radar. Their only loss is a like a three point loss when Burrow had three picks against the Bears. So it's like, yeah. But wow. anyway, I I do think that the Vikings are the best team. We could debate the other ones, but to answer your question, not spend too much time on the one and three teams. I think I, it's without question the Vikings. They're like a a field goal kick seven points to the Browns in an ugly defensive game. And I think the Vikings. Yeah. I think a lot of people are listening to this and they're probably like, well, you're making a ton of excuses. Well, every single one of these teams is one and three. They have excuses why they're one and three. That just yeah. is what it is. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah. Second question for you. Um, we're both in a weekly pick on this league. Um, maybe it's because of your preseason perception or why you're, in-game picking, who's been the most difficult team each week to predict a win and loss? Maybe a team, like, I'll give an example. It's been four weeks. In three weeks, uh, I was wrong on the Titans three different times. I've only gotten their game right one time. And um, it was actually this week when I picked the Jets to beat them, actually. But whether I'm picking against the Titans or for them, I was 0-3 coming into this week before predicting an upset, and it took overtime to get it. Just uh, maybe you don't know the exact stats like I had on my picks looking it up for this question, but like, who do you see? And you're like, man, I guess I really just been wrong and picked against them so many times or for them and they haven't shown up. Well, I'm one in three picking the Chiefs. I picked them to lose against the Browns. They beat the Browns. I picked them to beat the Ravens. They lost the Ravens. I picked them to beat the Chargers. They lost the Chargers. And then finally, I'm like, yeah, no, they're <laughs> they're beating the Eagles and they beat the Eagles. Finally. That was a close game. They're a weird team. Um, they come to mind right off the top of my head. Uh, probably New England is another one, and that's not even just Homer. I just honestly thought they'd be better than what they are. Um, I don't know. I've had a couple of uh, had a couple of a good, really good calls that I I nailed, and there's a a couple that I just have completely whiffed on. I think the I think New England I've whiffed on. Uh, the Chiefs as of now I've whiffed on. Um, and I think I picked the Falcons. More than I should have. They're one and three. I bet you I've picked them three times to win. So that might be another one. Co-hosting a podcast, I have a platform here where I'm allowed to toot my own horn in if I want to. And yeah. last week on the podcast, I said that the Giants and Jets, I think, both have a chance to win. And in the pickums, I selected both, and I made a little bit of uh, maybe I made a little bit of cash off those predictions as well. But I had both New York teams, and uh, very, very happy I was able to you know, stomach betting them because I just thought they were due, especially Titans injuries. But again, the Giants, I think this team is, is closer than we think. I'm also 0-4 picking the Raiders. I'm, I'm almost positive. I you picked, picked them, them to lose night? all their wins, and I picked them to win last night, and they lost. 
Oh man, so char- yeah. the Raiders, there it is. They're all in yeah. for the Raiders. Yeah, yeah, pretty rough. Dang. Uh, I don't know how much you know about this, but this is, in my opinion, a bigger story than what has even kind of happened so far. And it's it's just a weird story. Let me say that. Urban Meyer was caught this past week in Columbus at a bar. Uh, pictures surfaced with a young female basically, quote unquote, grinding on his lap. What's your initial reaction? What do you think of it? What do you think of the Jags punishment? If you've even heard it, otherwise I can elaborate. And then, do you think he even finishes this season at this point? So, I actually know quite a bit about it. And my question three says Urban Meyer question mark. <laughs> Sometimes we're so, too insane. It's just a, Sometimes so we are. It is a huge topic. But um, something that blows my mind is, you know, a lot of people say winning answers a lot of questions or solves a lot of problems. It's a cure-all, yeah. They're not doing that. They yeah. have a 14-point lead. Should have been a 21-point lead at half on the Bengals, and then they lose the game. They're about to fly back to Jacksonville, and Urban Meyer's like, I'll meet up with you guys later. Stays in Ohio, goes to Columbus. All these pitchers surface. It's incredibly unprofessional. Um, I've actually listened to a lot of stuff on it and a lot of reports. You know, Pat Maxey show went in hard uh, on this. I was listening to a lot of that. Um, reports say that he he canceled the meetings on Monday, so he didn't want to kind of like show his face. Then he went to each position group individually to like apologize, I guess, for what happened. And based off them being grown adults asking him questions and stuff, I guess like it was like he would leave the room and then you could hear laughter. Like he was almost laughed out of these rooms. Like he's like cowering away from it instead of hitting it face on and. He just, it, it seems like he's totally underwater with cement blocks tied to his feet. It seems like he's way in over his head. He's drowning in the NFL. I don't think there's any chance he makes it through the season, honestly. Like, I don't know how the team already had so many questions from the players on what he was able to do. I think it hurts his ability to get the USC job because of how unprofessional it looks. I just think there's a whole nother layer to this, too. Like, he has a wife. And he has medical issues that makes him leave football. So with his wife, there had to have been plenty of heart-to-heart serious conversations for her to, like, maybe greenlight him getting back into coaching. Change their whole lives down to Florida, and then this comes out week four while you're 0-4, not winning. Like, the whole thing just seems like an absolute mess, and it just looks like a, a disaster. The whole thing and the pictures, the videos, everything that was surfaced, all the anonymous sources and everything coming out of it. There's literally, from the day of his hire, there hasn't been one bright spot. I mean, the first real thing that he did with his hire was bring in Tim Tebow and start a yeah. fire. And then yeah. it's just... Lost, lost, lost. The co- players don't believe in him. He doesn't go back with the team. Like, it's just the whole thing's a mess. I don't know exactly what the Jags did for a punishment. I know that they, uh, there was a talking to him and stuff, but. So I have the statement from Shad Khan, if you don't mind. I'll read that. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, statement from Shad Khan. He is the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I have addressed this matter with Urban. Specifics of our conversation will be held in confidence. What I say in his conduct last weekend was inexcusable. I appreciate Urban's remorse, which I believe is sincere. Now we must regain our trust and respect. That will require a personal commitment from Urban to to everyone who supports, represents, or plays for our team. 
I am confident he will deliver. So that's the statement there. Um, sounds like they're pretty frustrated with him, and I would be too. Brand new coach, you're winless, and and you're acting like a an animal in in Columbus, Ohio. All the uh, anonymous sources or things like that basically say that there's a lot of closed door meetings, and they're not talking about the Titans next week in these meetings. It's about what to do with Urban Meyer, and it's more or less about the money. Like I heard one thing saying they're that financially the- strapped that, on him. Yeah, they're trying to get him on cause to get him fired, meaning they won't have to pay him based on the videos that surface. Like it's already reached that point. Like everyone was all about Matt Nagy being fired. And everything I'm reading says it looks like Urban Meyer will be out before Matt Nagy even has a chance to get out. Like it all just seems so bad. And it's yeah. like after this, even if he does leave coaching, does he even get a chance back on like a desk somewhere like calling college football games again? I'm sure he would because he is Urban Meyer, but it's like Man, this thing started off as skeptical, and everything has just been down, down, down. First, you lose to the Texans week one. You honestly get beat bad. The team's not playing well. The defense looks terrible. You seem overwhelmed, and then this is just kind of like straw that broke the camel's back. It's just really, really bad. It's just a weird scenario. It's just – I'm Ooh. sorry. You're a he, – I don't think he's in his 60s yet, correct? He's in his I, mid-50s? He is in his 60s. Okay, so you're in your 60s. I'll check real quick. Yeah, keep going. You're that you're the head coach of a professional football team. Mind you, there's 32 of those jobs in America. They're pretty coveted, okay? And while you're in Cincinnati for a game, you decide, "Hey, I'm going to stay the weekend, go back to Columbus where I used to coach. Everybody in the world knows me there." I think, he let... place. I think he owns the place that this happened. Is it a bar? Yeah, I think he owns like two or three places in Columbus that are his like they're like the restaurant, bar, whiskey type place like he owns them like and i believe style. yeah i think it was something like this was his one of his places then people asked for pictures so it went next door he hung around way too long you know the drinks yeah. you know he's probably like you know trying to the, relieve some stress after going zero and four like the crazy thing is is like so a buddy of mine you know him he does the michigan pause me dan he oh, yeah. shared he shared the photo that was the first time i had seen it and he made a meme out of it and <laughs> <laughs> like I, I didn't think it. Was, I didn't think it was actually urban. Yeah. I'm like, that's not urban. This is a joke. And then like more and more people are talking about like, oh shoot, that's Urban Meyer. Like, what is going on here? It's just and it's weird. Every single person here across the league, any ex reporter, player, coach, staff member, medical team, no one. Ha- some players can get away with, hey, when the team goes back, it's a long week, or maybe we're going to our bye week. Could I stay with family a day or two? And sometimes, like, you're flying back, and then tomorrow you can private jet and stay for a couple of days. But, like, no one's ever even thought it was possible for a coach to do something like that. Like, and that that's what's crazy. Like, people would say, like, could you imagine, like, a coach, like, if Bill Belichick went up, or not Bill Belichick, but they, they used an example of, like, could you imagine Mike Tomlin or Sean Payton doing something like this? Or, like, Andy Reid, like, people who are well-respected, like, coaches. It's just not a good look. Here's the thing. Sean McVay is almost half that dude's age. Could you imagine Sean McVay literally going to, like, Miami, losing a game in Miami and saying, you know what, guys? Take the flight home. I'm going to stay here. And then just yeah. getting trashed in Miami. I couldn't even see that. And Sean McVay's half Urban's age. It's incredible. It's incredible because, like, 
his whole life he has been basically a dictator in 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 his yeah. teams. Everything yeah. runs through him, and it's like how the turns have tabled, if you will. Yeah. Um. Well, the fact that we both have the exact same question for number three is is literally we spent a good amount of time on it too. But... Yeah, that's that's prime real talk stuff there. Uh, I'm ready for I'm ready for power ten here. Oh, okay, I am too. I'll start this. I'll I'll start this week. Um, okay. I love the Panthers still. I'm not gonna harp on them as far as uh, their loss to the Cowboys, who I think are a very good team and are in my top ten. Spoiler, um, but I have them at eleven as my first team out. A lot of Broncos fans are probably like, "Ah, oh, Jeff didn't have them in their top ten. They're definitely not correct." I not to say that I told you so, but I need to see way more from this team in their first credible opponent. They lost. It's a good game till Teddy got the concussion, though. But it happened. Okay, but they lost by two plus scores. No, so it, yeah, the, the second half was a was a route, but yeah. Anyway, moving on. Number ten. This team proved enough. They're on a W three. Um, Green Bay. I think they'll I think they'll steadily move up my list. Uh, they, they seem to be clicking at the right time. It seems like they just got caught week one, and for what it's worth. Rodgers is actually has a really piss poor record when playing in Florida, and they did play in Jacksonville against the Saints, and that's why the Saints picked Jacksonville as well. It might just be a fluky thing, but Saints jumped on them. Packers have recovered. They're a great team. Number nine, I still love the Ravens. Um, beating the Broncos team, I don't think that's such a great win right now. They beat the Lions. They struggle with the Lions, and they, they beat the Broncos, but I have them at nine. Eight, uh, I dig the Cowboys. They They have a... They have a legitimate argument to be higher on this list than eight. And if you had them higher, I would be totally down for it. And truthfully, I think they could almost find themselves as high as maybe five or four. Um, Three and one team that's definitely treading in the right direction. And their first loss was week one against the uh, Super Bowl champions. So they're on a W3 as well. Seven, Kansas City, two and two. Um, I'm still not 100% on them. But they are good enough to be on this list. 134 points on the year. That's second in the league. Uh, they beat a Philly team that I think is at least respectable. Um, not complete trash. Six, I got the Browns. Uh, I think this is actually a spot worse than what I had them last week. Uh, not anything they did specifically. Uh, 67 points allowed is actually fourth best in the league, and it's by far the best on um, – I'm sorry, it's second on, on the top ten teams that I have here. So – uh, they're they're playing great defensively. They're running the football. Truthfully, I just don't love Baker. I think he played a really bad game, and I th- I don't think that's gonna be anything unheard of. I let me say this: I don't love OBJ with Baker. Baker's all right. It's when OBJ's with them, they turn into a completely different team. Number five, Chargers. Uh, I love the Chargers. I think they are. Probably prematurely too high on this list. I think they will tail off towards the end of the year. They're young. They have, you know, Herbert as their quarterback. And I, I can't see him keeping this pace. You have them. You're, you're nodding your head no, like, yeah. No, you're, you're I'm just saying I don't think they're going to fall off. I think this team is a dominant team. Yeah, they are, they're very good. I just it's I think they taper off only because I think the Chiefs eventually do get to that point. But regardless, Chargers 2-0 two and, two and on the road. Lots to love if you're an L.A. fan. Uh, speaking of L.A., number four, the Rams. Uh, a loss this week to a very good football team. And you're probably like, wow, you dropped him from one to four. I did drop them from one to four because I really thought to myself, a neutral field right now with the three teams ahead of them, I would have them losing. 
but I'm still super high on the Rams. Like I love the Rams. Three, it's the Bucks. Um, I dropped them another spot this week. I think I had them two last week. Even with a win, I dropped them uh, because I think there's, right now there's two teams playing better football than them. Uh, number two easily has a argument for number one, but I've seen more out of number one. And these two teams played each other last year in number one, one, the bills are two, three and one on the year. Uh, they've won three straight since losing week one plus 90 point differentials, best in the best in all football and 44 points allowed 44 points allowed, including two shutouts on the year is nasty. Totally deserving of number one. I get it if you if you're shouting at me through the through listening to this. But number one's Arizona. Because you know what? They've taken every single punch that has come to them and uh delivered with ease. And the funny thing is, is I actually had another question I'm just now seeing that I never asked you. But I'm without asking it, I'm just gonna read off their next couple games because they have a gauntlet. Home against the Niners, at the Browns, cakewalk against the Texans, home against the Packers. At the Niners, home against the Panthers. We'll know if this team's really good. We will know very soon. Right now, I have them at one. Could they drop? Sure. I think they're a great team. Yeah, that's it's a pretty good list. Um, there's about there's three spots. It actually all happens inside the top six where we have it's literally flipped, flipped, flipped. So our it's very close except for the Chiefs, and that's where I'm going to start at number ten. Um, I got the Chiefs at number 10. They're 2-2, two and two, and they play the Bills this Sunday night. Going to be an absolute firecracker. Just a little fun stat on the Chiefs. This year through four games, they have one three and out and six punts through four games. They are an offensive juggernaut, but if they turn the ball over, they're, they're so vulnerable. That defense is so bad. Chiefs defense is so bad, but their offense can can ignore that. But you look at the two games they lost, Patrick Mahomes looked a little bit human, and they faltered. Can't turn the ball over. Honestly, I still believe they should have a loss to the Browns. But you turn the ball over back, their offense gets the edge. It's going to happen. Number nine, Packers. They look good. Um, I just don't give a lot of teams a ton of credit when they come off wins versus the Steelers. I just think they're that bad. Um, but, however, the Packers against a good front of the Steelers did not allow many pressures Aaron Rodgers coming off an MVP season looks good three and one I think they're trending in the right direction three game win streak number eight I have the Baltimore Ravens on their three and one Lamar Jackson leads the league in yards per attempt and yards per completion this team is good on defense and Lamar Jackson how many times a game do we see him throw to wide open receivers because you literally have to respect his run till the end of the play all the play actions and Everything beforehand is so unique, and you know they're going to be getting some more weapons back as the season goes on. So I like where the Ravens are at eight, trending up. Number seven is the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they honestly, so far, when it comes to the Chiefs, Packers, Ravens, getting to the Cowboys, they are the most balanced team on the list so far. And number seven, offensively, defensively, run, pass, pressuring, covering. The Dallas Cowboys have been really good. They have a close win to the Chargers, close loss to the Buccaneers. So they're playing good against good teams. They're winning against bad teams. They just ended the Panthers 3-0 and run. So I like the Cowboys at 7. The edge right above them, I'm going to give it to the Chargers at number 6. 
three and one coming off of a big win against the Raiders. Again, I pointed out in a pregame show, Raiders had two games where they fell down by 14 points. They did so again and finished that way on Monday night. They keep getting into this situation. The only team they didn't, the Steelers. So, I mean, what 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 really is there to say about that? So, um, the Chargers, three and one. Also, fun fact, their head coach was the defensive coordinator from the Rams. The Chargers, through four games, every opponent they've played, their lowest point total of the season was against the Chargers. Doesn't matter what team they've played so far. They've scored their least amount of points in playing the Chargers. We want to talk about Herbert, Eckler, Mike Williams, and Keenan Allen, Jared Cook, the offensive line. This team's just as much defense as it is offense, and I think that's really something we need to pay attention to if Derwin James stays healthy. Um, Number five, I don't really like to put them any further than five if they don't lose. I think it's the, the Browns. Baker had easily his worst game of the season, and they were still able to beat a good team in the Vikings. I know they're one and three, but they're a good football team. Also, uh, fun fact I learned from Colin Cowherd, the Vikings had 40 dropbacks, and they the Browns recorded 22 pressures. Almost all of them, they only send four. So again, that's something we talked about maybe what the Steelers could do or how the Giants in the past won Super Bowls or where great defenses get their edge, only needing four to create pressure. Miles Garrett, dude's in the matrix. He's literally incredible. Number four, Tampa Bay. I don't think they move for me. Um, found it interesting to know that they're the second most penalized team in the NFL this season. That's pretty remarkable. Their secondary is decimated. We'll see if Richard Sherman can improve that. But again, they find ways to win games, and their only loss was a Rams game where Tom Brady's kind of, you know, he's got New England looming. They're out in Los Angeles. I just I think that they got jumped by the Rams, who just really wanted to win that game more than the it was just a, a bigger circle on the calendar than it was for the Buccaneers. The Rams taking out the Super Bowl champions. That was a big game for them. And I think that's a good reason why they lost week four as well. I think both teams suffered week three and four from how the schedule happened to lay out. But that does bring me to number three with the Rams, because I think one and two are clear cut as of right now. The Rams are definitely three. I think that's a good spot for them. Defense is amazing. Matt Stafford had his first game where he looked human. And, you know, this team is susceptible to a loss, especially when they're playing a fantastic team like the Cardinals, who really came. You know, I didn't see this coming. But we got to remember, before Kyler's shoulder injury last season. So you take last season before the injury and this season, he's now 11-3 and when he's not hurt. So Kyler Murray's playing out of his mind. He's got more weapons. That running back duo, James Conner, Chase Edmonds, man, they're balling. Um, You know, I'm getting right into them. I do have the Cardinals at two. I have the Bills at number one. We flip-flop there again, another, you know, flip-flop spot in our ranking. But the Cardinals, I know I'm going to say a lot of things for why maybe they should be number one, but they're 4-0. Three games have been on the road so far. They've only got one home game, and they're 4-0. They're the only team in all four games to have 300 pass yards and 100 rushing yards. And also, they're the only team in the NFL in all four games. They have over 400 yards and over 30 points. This team's offense is impossible to stop. Kyler's good in the pocket. He's better outside of the pocket. They get a pass rush, and you have absolute pressure on your offense knowing you have to score every single time because the Cardinals team, they come at it again and again. They can score from 70 yards. They can score from seven yards. They 
They have everything you would want. And DeAndre Hopkins, still the best in the game, in my opinion. I know there's other guys out there, but I'm taking D-Hop. And number one's the Bills. Simply because in their last three games, it's 118 to 21. <laughs> I'm going to say it one more time. In their last three games, it's 118 to 21. And 14 of those points came when they were blowing out Washington and let up two touchdowns in the late second half. This team basically had their fourth preseason game against the Steelers, got jumped, had a couple turnovers, a punt return to turn for a touchdown. The Steelers stole one, and they literally pinned their ears back, kicked up some dirt, and they've literally just steamrolled teams. Dolphins 35-0, Texans 40-0, Washington 48-21, I think the score was. I mean, this team's on fire. Josh Allen's doing whatever he wants. Their only true issue was a consistent pass rush. Their first and second pick in the NFL draft were defensive ends and pass rushers. I think the top three is really set. I do think it's Bills, Cardinals, Rams. Um, Rams, Seahawks, Thursday night on a short week. We'll see how that goes. But um, we did not have any teams left out of our top tens that didn't make the other top tens through a quarter of the season. So it looks like we're pretty set on our 10 teams. With the, we do the, we do like the Panthers at number eleven. The crazy thing is, so if no you take Seattle. if you take my number seven Kansas City and drop it to ten, our seven, eight, nine, ten, they're the exact same teams. Yeah, and then and our then, top six are the exact same teams. So we just, just view them five, a little six, differently. Three, four, two, one. So it's kind of like our QB or our uh, our team tiers, I guess you could call it. But yeah, yeah I mean, truthfully, we're we're right there. We we're obviously we're pretty high on some teams and. I mean, if, if we were to break it right now down into uh, tiers A, B, and C, I mean, we could do that. Tier A is Bills, Cardinals, Rams, Bucks. Yeah. Tier B is Browns, Chargers, Cowboys, Ravens. Tier C, we have the Packers, Chiefs, who, I mean, were NFC and AFC championship game teams last year, but they could get going. But those teams, if you went into the entire NFL, those guys are in the B bracket, not just our top 10. So these are all yeah. good teams. And honestly, looking at this list, I know there's some teams that are from the same division. I know we did leave out the 49ers, the Seahawks, the Panthers. But at this point, unless there's a catastrophic injury to just the quarterback, I would say, I would be confident saying these are 10 of the 14 playoff teams and we're only through four weeks. I would have no problem saying that all 10 of these teams will represent in in the postseason. Um, I I don't have a massive argument for that, but I will say this. By the nature of the beast, Arizona and the Rams are going to suffer losses because they also have to play the Niners and Seattle, who are very good teams and could very easily be in number 10 or 9 any couple weeks here. Okay. As to the Chargers and the Chiefs, they're going to play what seems to be an improved Broncos team. Not calling them trash by any means. They're improved. I just don't think they're elite. Okay an improved Broncos team, and a very much improved Raiders team that I think has a playoff push inside them. They're going to beat each other up. It's going to sift some things around. Um, the Cowboys, they're the Cowboys until they're not the Cowboys for us. You know what I mean? Like, Do, do I think they're better? Hell yeah, I do. I, I predicted that to begin the year, but I also said they're only going to win probably 10 games. So as of right now, they're, they're better than even I thought. But I'm not ready to crown them. So what you well, said, I, saying, I, I agree. We have uh, one, 
two, three, four, five. We have five teams from the AFC and five teams from the NFC on our roster. Yeah. I don't see three other teams from either division making it over these guys. Now, I know there's no team from the AFC South. Someone's got to win that division. And both, both West divisions, uh, I still like the Colts to, to maybe make a run at it. Titans aren't. Sorry, pal. All right, well, no, don't say sorry, <laughs> pal. Don't sorry, pal. Me, Titans aren't good either. They They're better than the Colts. How? Uh, you know, that's a conversation maybe for another day, but they got a lucky win against the Seahawks, and that's it. That's not it. They have two wins. You're right. You're right. Okay. They got two wins. So, anyway, the AFC South has to have a winner. We'll revisit that in a week or two. We'll see how that goes. Keep an eye on that division. But both West, AFC West, NFC West. Nasty. 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 Let's talk about it. AFC North, Browns, Ravens, Bengals, all three and one. I mean, they're playing good football. So, And, and, and truthfully, I know a lot of people are going to sit here and, and think the Steelers are absolute trash, and they have a lot of flaws. But they're not bottom of the barrel. I won't accept that. I'm sorry, they're not the Jags. They're not the Lions. They're, they're not the Jets. They're Ask the Bills how tough they are. You know what I mean? They're, they're going to be a hard out. So... Even the Packers only beat them by 10, and they're the Packers. I don't know. I just I, I think that the, the AFC North is extremely competitive and a lot to brag about, and the Steelers are just – they've been caught up with. Well, Steelers play the Broncos this weekend, so we'll get an answer on which team's better there. Early, early decision. I'm taking Pittsburgh. Give me, the, give me the Broncos. Interesting. If Teddy plays. Yeah. If Drew Locke plays, I'll take Denver. <laughs> so either way, you're taking Denver. Uh, I don't know. We beat the Broncos last year. Defense really mauled their offensive line. But like I said, I think the Broncos are a different team. But we'll have to see. Steelers, I yeah. can't believe, are going to go 1-15, and 1-16. So we got to find some wins somewhere. Maybe the Broncos give it to us. But, man, alive, that offense is just terrible. Yeah. It's so bad. On to week five. Yeah, on to week five. On to week five. NBA season's right around the corner. Absolutely, absolutely. Can't can't uh, can't wait for that. Cade Cunningham coming to be a Detroit Piston. I'm super excited for that. Um, live show participation was up as uh, as Mesa would say. Stocks were up on Sunday. That was huge, and can't wait to go back for a live show this Sunday. Yeah, ditto. All right, guys, we will see you next time. We are out. Go Patriots. Yep, real talk, guys. See ya. Real talk.